Does prolonging the Damian Lillard saga benefit Miami or the Blazers? Plus, is it better for the Heat to give up a contributor in Caleb Martin or the potential of Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hawkins Jr.? And was Josh Richardson dropping hints about Dame time in Miami? We break it all down in today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Ramil. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. It's been a month since Damian Lillard's trade request, and still there's been no trade. The NBA is basically in vacation mode. Portland is threatening to take this situation into the season. The Oregonian reporting this week that they expect Damian Lillard to report to camp if he's still on the team by then and even possibly play in games. David, how long can the Heat afford to wait on Damian Lillard? This is a a pretty hotly uh, debated topic. Uh, On Locked on NBA this week, my co-host and I, Matt Moore, who is no friend of Heat Twitter, that's for sure, and I discussed that very same topic. And I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't know that there's a clear answer to this. And I know that's not necessarily something that Heat fans want to hear. They want to hear a definitive It benefits Miami. It benefits the Blazers. At least it's some kind of clarity moving forward. But my opinion is that it benefits Miami, that Miami has the fully formed roster that regardless of the fact that either Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero or Caleb Martin or Hakez or Jovic that we'll talk about later on, whoever might be included in potential trade rumors, they can kind of brush that aside and concentrate. You know what? I can only control what I can control. We've heard that countless number of times from NBA players. When it comes to trade talk, they really there's there's not much they can do about it other than just kind of put it aside, focus on what they can control, which is playing the best of their ability. So I think it would be beneficial for Miami in the sense that, or it wouldn't necessarily be hurtful to Miami, maybe not beneficial, but I think it would kind of help Miami or benefit Miami in the sense that, you know, they would be able to at least still go ahead with the team that they have assembled and kind of move forward from there. And then if the trade takes place in November, December, February, who knows, then Miami can just assimilate Dame and still compete for a playoff spot at that point in time. I don't know that it benefits Miami because they still don't have Damian Lillard and Portland does. So just by that token, it kind of feels like it doesn't benefit Miami. It would be better to just get this done now. Um, And I, I, I get the logic that I guess Portland is holding out like, hey, when the NBA season starts, the market can change. There could be an injury to another Uh starting point guard for another team. And then that team can enter the fray in terms of maybe putting together an offer. I just, I still don't really see it. It has nothing to do with Damian Lillard as a player. He's an amazing player. There's a reason the Miami Heat really want him. I I just don't really know, like, what's going to happen? Fred Van Vliet gets hurt in Houston, and all of a sudden the Rockets are ready to give up their future for Lillard. Like, it does, maybe a team like Minnesota or something like that. But, like, Again, I just don't really see the fit. I just don't really see the fit. Plus, I don't see a team that has the contracts ready to give up, the assets that can beat Miami's package, right? Like, there's just so many other things that have to go right. And Miami is the only suitor right now, the only team in the NBA offering Portland literally anything, anything for Damian Lillard. And I just have a hard time seeing that change in a dramatic way. Of course, there's always the Philadelphia thing. That's kind of the one, maybe Chicago. But again, I just don't really see what it is that works from Chicago's point of view. 
or, or that works York. from Portland's point of view. Maybe New York, but it's just it, it has feels to be New like York. He, if, if Jalen Brunson gets hurt during the World Cup, the FIBA World Cup, and huh. then all of a sudden their season is basically put on hold or, or scratched altogether, then that's kind of the, the wake-up call to say, you know what, we'll figure it out next season. But for this season, at the very least, we bring in Dame. He's exciting. He sells tickets. And you can still compete with this current roster. And Maybe. if you have to welcome Brunson halfway down the road, that's a different story. Yeah, and they could throw R.J. Barrett, who's more of maybe a positional fit than Tyler Hero, I guess, even though not really, but whatever. Um, I, 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 picks, I, right? I mean, right, I guess they have thing. more picks. Um, Mitchell Robinson, he's a nice player. I guess they could use him. Uh, so I guess that's what Portland is waiting on is for the market to change. Uh, again, <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen, but there's a chance it happens, and I guess that's what they're banking on. But at the same time, I just – by definition of waiting longer, Damian Lillard getting older, near closer and closer to having to pay him more and more money as he gets older and older, I just, in that respect, I don't really see waiting benefiting the Blazers. Two things that I want to just debunk right away, by the way, is that it hurts Miami because they can't build chemistry with Damian Lillard. That doesn't matter. Damian Lillard is a hand-in-glove fit yeah. with Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio. There's not a whole lot of chemistry that needs to be built there. They're all going to figure it out. They'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And also the part that it's like, well, do you really want this hovering over the Portland Trailblazers and their whole thing? They don't care. They really, they don't care. Obviously, they don't care, and I don't think it's that big of a deal if the okay, whole team. Because that was my point on Lockdown NBA. You don't think that they, that they'd rather just kind of have a clean break going to the next season, considering they're rebuilding and they could just like start over fresh with Scoot, etc. I think they would prefer that, but I, I don't think that they would prefer that over the offer that's on the table for. For Damian Lillard right now it's sort of like okay it's not black and white you know what I mean like sure. if there were if the offer that they wanted magically appeared in front of them they would just do it uh but they're clearly willing to wait and I, I really don't think it matters like long term for Scoot's development in his career and what like the Trailblazers are going to be bad for three years they're going to be bad Maybe. like I, I I like their I like their future with Scoot and Shane Sharp I think there's good players there but they're not going to be like a playoff team for a few years you know what I mean so yeah. it doesn't really matter what happens here I I just think at the end of the day, the Heat need Portland to get on the phone before they can. Like, that's that's the biggest thing here, where it's just like they can't even have a real phone call, real conversation with them, and that's the part that's strange. And I don't know how waiting changes that. I don't know why Portland is waiting. I, I really don't get it. It's not as if they tried to negotiate with Miami, didn't come to terms, and now they're waiting. They just never did the first part of it. So I just don't really know what they're waiting on. You know what I mean? Like, that's the part I don't really understand. Are they hoping that Damian Lillard is going to just change his mind and decide to play for them again? Do they even really want that? I don't think that they do. I don't think they want Damian Lillard playing for them. I think they would prefer to trade him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I've said before, I don't think Lillard ever plays another second for the Blazers. I think that relationship is broken. It doesn't make sense for either, either party to to do this like i mean dame is going to get traded at some point they don't want him there to your point and and i think it just makes no sense for that to continue that's another reason it's kind of like again ties together with what i'd said before but it's just like trade dame figure it out and i i I just can't see him risking his health because because then what happens let's say he goes out there and plays a meaningless game in october or preseason game in september yeah and he gets hurt like why would, Portland, and why would Portland want that? Because now they can't yeah. really trade him. Now he's worth yeah. less. I, that, I don't really understand it from Portland's point of view. And I'll say this again. I don't know what they are waiting on. 
They haven't. I don't think they're waiting on a better offer from Miami because they don't know what the offer is from Miami because they won't talk to Miami. How could you possibly know what what the offer is and wanting something better? Like you're not answering the phone. You're not picking up the phone. So are they are they just waiting for like Las Vegas to get a team? I, I, just, I really I don't understand. Are they waiting on the expansion franchises? I really don't get it. I, I that's the part I just can't figure out is why why the waiting? Why not? I'm not saying you have to make the trade right now, but why not at least engage right now and and just try to sort something out because they're not doing that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I look. I we've got plenty of responses from Portland fans. Clearly, I mean, whatever tags or handles they might use as they creep into our comments, notwithstanding. It's pretty clearly that they are Blazers fans. But the, the point being that they're like, oh, we'll be happy to sit it out. Portland should be happy to wait it out, et cetera. But it's like, it doesn't, nothing is gained from this. They won't play there again. You're not going to get an increasingly bigger offer. You don't even know what Miami's offer is at this point. You can't move on. Like, there's so many factors. And again, look, this is, I'm with you. Nobody has any kind of rationale perspective here. Cause then as soon as I say this, as soon as you say anything, People are going to be like, oh, well, of course, you're Miami-based media. That's like, of course, you're going to have this opinion. I would say the same thing about Philadelphia and Harden or anybody else. I know every situation is slightly different, but just absolutely makes no sense. Just get it done. I guess. I mean, I'm not saying just get it done for the sake of getting it done, but I, I agree with you in the question of why. Because you're right. Portland fans will come at us and say, why should they trade him right away? Why should they trade him right now? They can wait as long as they want. He's got four years left on his contract. And my answer to that always is, why wait? And I'm not saying why wait in that you ought to do it right now. It's a question. It's why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? That's the part of this equation that I still don't understand. And then obviously, like, obviously they're waiting for a better offer. Okay. From who? For what? What are you looking for as the Trailblazers? Miami Nobody gets what you want. My, Miami get desperate and then offer what? They don't even know what the Miami's offer is right now. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, right. it, it, the part that just doesn't make sense to me, and it's it's the tissue that's not connected right now, is the fact that there have been no negotiations. Real, like, well-spirited, tangible negotiations. There's been none of that yet. Um, and so that's the part that just doesn't really equate here. If the Heat did have to give up one of Caleb Martin, maybe Nikola Jovic, Jame Hakas Jr., in a Damian Lillard deal, there is a question about which one they should keep. And if it's even their choice, we're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Heat. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Excuse me. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a summer barbecue. You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back while you're doing it? That's how you do it with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items <coughs> from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing either you link your loyalty account or you upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back it's that easy right now ibotta is offering our listeners five dollars just for trying ibotta by using the code locked when you register just go to the app store or google play and download the free ibotta app and use the code locked that's i-b-o-t-t-a in the google play or app store and use the code locked Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. A little bit of a debate going on about, first of all, what it is that the Heat steal even looks like. Shams the other day reporting 
that it could include Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hakez Jr. Uh, we were the first to report that the Heat would prefer to keep Caleb Martin out of any Damian Lillard trade. It's since been reported in other places. Uh, they they prefer to keep Caleb Martin out of a Damian Lillard trade. Sure. But if it was up to you, David, like, would you rather if if it was one of these two things? Either you include Caleb Martin in that deal as an impact ready player for Portland now, or both Jovic and Hakez, the young guys. Who would you rather keep? The two young guys or Caleb Martin in a Dame trade? I think the the reality is when you get Damian Lillard, you're competing for a title right away. And so you need the ready-made player. You need a proven player, somebody who is still improving, even as a young player, and that's Caleb Martin. And that's the reality is that he is, uh, you know, he was very good in the playoffs for Miami. I think he would be a great contributor here. You'd want to be able to keep that two-way potential as a scorer and defender. Uh, he was vital during Miami's postseason run. And as good as I think Jovic is going to be, and as much as we both like what Hawkins brings to the table and his potential, it's just unproven. You don't know what you're going to be able to get for him. Like a couple of nice performances in summer league notwithstanding, that doesn't necessarily translate into anything during the regular season. And I know it seems like a lot. Portland fans might not think so. NBA fans in general might not think so. Look, Miami doesn't have a lot of draft capital, but they invested that draft capital in Jovic and Hakez. And I think they both have a lot of potential as NBA contributors. And while that's still, I mean, that's tantalizing to wonder about whether or not they're going to turn into stars at some point. But right now, the, the better player is Caleb Martin. There's no doubt that right now the better player is Caleb Martin. And I agree with you for the record. Um, I would prefer to keep Caleb. I would trade those two guys before I traded Caleb, despite the long-term potential of those two guys. The point of trading for Damian Lillard is not to get Damian Lillard. The point of trading for Damian Lillard is to win an NBA championship, and Caleb Martin gets you closer to that over the next two years than Hakez or Jovic, and there's no debate on that. There's no debate on yeah. that. Um, however, if I were going to just play devil's advocate here, and <laughs> again, I think keep Caleb Martin. I'm with you, sure. but just this is the other know, part of the it. argument would be even from a salary cap perspective, you can make the argument that it's better to have the two players than the one player because Hakez and Jovic together are still making less than what Caleb Martin is making, right? Their two, their contracts combined is less than what Caleb Martin is making this coming season. And then in a year from now, Caleb Martin has this player option that, by the way, everybody thinks that he's going to opt out. I, we don't know that he's going to opt out. It's seven. It's a little bit more than $7 million. He had a great Eastern Conference Finals, a really strong playoff run, but his season was kind of okay. Like, the regular season was just sort of, like, meh for Caleb Martin. Now he's playing out of position the entire regular season, but we'll see what this next regular season looks like. That $7 million he, might look like market value, depending on what it looks like. If he entered free agency at the same time this uh, – if he entered free agency this summer, who would have commanded more in the open market, him or Max Strews? Caleb Martin would have. Yeah. I think he would have. Yeah. He would have – that would have been the floor. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to, by the way, opt out and make more money or I, I, I should not say assume I'm going to go ahead and guess and predict that he opts out and gets more money on the open market. I'm going to go ahead and just do that. Yeah. I'd say there's a much better chance than not, but it's also just like, mm -hmm. it's not like in Sharpie. It's not for sure. Definitely happening. That said his base salary, even on that player option, $7.1 million also more than what Hakez and Jovic are making combined two years from now. 
And then obviously he's, you've got the whole situation. Does he opt out? Does he not? He becomes an unrestricted free agent regardless, even if he opts in the following year, where you would still have Hakez and you would still have Jovic under contract. So the reason that matters so much is that if you're trading for Damian Lillard and he's making 60-ish million dollars at that point, so two, three years from now, and we talked about earlier this week Jimmy Butler being up for an extension, and if you have to pay him upwards of $60 million a year by then, Cheap players who can help you are going to be really, really important. And you might be losing Caleb Martin no matter what. Yep. So there's a world, in other words, where you trade for Damian Lillard, and that's awesome, and you got Dame, and you got Jimmy, and you got Bam, and hey, that's great. And you got Caleb Martin right now, and you've traded Hakez and Jovic in the Dame deal. And then two years from now, three years from now, you don't have any of them. You don't have Caleb, you don't have Hakez, and you don't have Jovic. And at that point, it could be tough to rebuild because you're not, you don't have a ton of your picks. Everything else is a swap. They have no second round picks to speak of. Like finding young players is really hard, especially good first round talent that you trust. And you and I remain high on Hakez and Jovic, although it, their, their, their future is still in doubt. We have no idea if they're going to be contributors at the NBA level uh, for playoff teams, but we like them. And I think the Heat like them. So I, I, I think that just needs to be part of the calculus here. No doubt. Uh, look, I mean, it's not just including those two players. It's also whatever future draft picks you have. Like, you are not going to be able to build any sort of team in the future through the draft. You might as well just forget the draft even exists. When July rolls around, you and I are going to be like, well, they'll Who? have their pick every other year. Yeah, but still. It'll be in a swap, but the swap's not going to matter because Miami's going to have a better record every year while the Trailblazers are rebuilding. So, assuming that they'll have their own pick every other year. Yeah, but it's it's still. I mean, it will not be. And who knows? Maybe Miami will use those picks to build their their team out. That's up. I know. I know. There's a Stepien rule and everything else like that. But right. I, I imagine. The point being that you you're not if you've got Dame and Jimmy and Bam, we're looking at the 27th to the 30th pick every year, basically, right? You're looking at one of the last five picks in the first round every year, and finding guys in that range is doesn't really happen. Like, I know it's a first round. It doesn't really happen where you're finding contributors at that point in the draft. And if you think that Jovic and Hakez are guys that can contribute for you two and three years from now and on cheap rookie scale contracts, that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, you'll have your draft picks, but there's no telling what you're going to get with those draft picks where maybe you kind of like these guys right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, you I, got kind of quote unquote, unlu- you got you got lucky with the guys that you've picked, you know, in the first round over the last couple of years. I don't no know. Uh, it's, I would it's, still it's, keep it's, Caleb Martin, but I just think that that has to be yeah, part yeah. of the yeah, equation. No. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry. To, I know how unrealistic as it might seem, especially contrary to what everybody else is saying, but I'm starting to think like that offer is just almost too big. Like Miami might be giving up too much. And I know, again, mm-hmm. you're acquiring incredible talent, but... Well, who I mean, are you negotiating against? That's what. <laughs> I, so that's... I'm so glad you brought that up because that's kind of where I wanted to get to here. Can you keep one of them? It would make sense to put one of them in the deal. That I get that, right? No doubt. But could you keep one of them? And does the deal ultimately come down to Portland? Who do you like more? Do you like Hakez or do you like Jovic more? My guess is they probably go Hakez just because he's got one more year under that rookie scale contract. And I, I there's been reporting that they they liked him pre-draft. I have no idea what their thoughts were on Jovic. Maybe they loved Jovic too. Who knows? That's not really been out there, but um that would be my guess. I, I, If I'm Miami, obviously I would prefer to keep 
all of them and preferred to at least get one of the young guys keeping one of those young guys there. So I don't know. Yeah, Maybe they I, could do I, it. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just look, I, I'm not downplaying Dame's importance or his greatness or anything else like that. But when you just look at it from that perspective, like I, I saw a fake trade being proposed on Bleacher Report. And it's just, when you see it broken down by that list, not just the, the pick swaps don't matter. Cause again, they, they probably won't convey at all, but the first round picks Jovic and Hakez and whatever you might think of their talent. Those are two first round picks. Those are the best players available at their respective pick. You know, at least for now, Miami makes good choices usually via the draft. Those were good, fine players. Everybody thought Hawkins was a steal of the draft for Miami at 19. And Jovic, a name that I don't think a lot of people had on their board at that point, but, I mean, he's got potential. We see it clearly. We know what he can do, and we think he's going to have a future yeah. to him. So, I mean, that's 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 five picks, right? Right there? I mean, the three first-round picks and the two first-rounders. I know sort of, It's value. a little bit of like a – yeah, it's like a used car kind of deal. I, but I, I've heard, I, seen I, that rationale. I kind of hate it because he's like, what, 19 years old, 20? I know, but I also kind of hate that we're looking – like, those aren't picks. Those are players. They're not picks. It's not five first-round picks. It's two young players and three first-round picks. That's what the deal is. We don't have to like we don't have to like say things or other things. We get just two good young players or two, you know, intriguing young players and three first round picks and fake swaps that are for the press release. No, so you because just they you want things. But they want that. They want those two young players. They want Tyler Hero. And, and they also want five first round picks on top of that. It's like, dude, I, I don't know what that offer exists. I don't know that that player exists. The like, offer doesn't is- exist. We know the offer doesn't exist. We know that. And honest Jokic, I mean, uh, who, who else could command that kind of market? You know, that's the thing. That's the thing. I, I this is. I wish there was actually things happening. Everything is totally hypothetical, which is kind of why that that entire conversation is just sort of clunky about what it is that they. We have no idea what they're offering, what they could offer, what Portland wants. Then you have the whole factor of getting a third team involved. If they take Tyler Hero, what are they sending back to Portland? And is that enough? And is that do they have the picks and they're good with that? Like we had just, we have no idea. And I still, I can't imagine that Portland is holding out for Jaime Hakez Jr. Or Nikola Jovic or even Caleb Martin. Like the, the idea that that's the sticking point in this, in these trade talks is insane. And we know this because they're not talking and we keep getting back to that point. That said, did Josh Richardson provide a hint about the Damian Lillard timeline? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Josh Richardson at Miami Heat Camp this week told a group of inquiring campers (laughs) that the best player he's played against in the league is Damian Lillard. He was asked by friend of the show, Ira Winderman, are you serious, basically? Uh, Ira in his story said he pulled him to the side, said, really? Joshua said, yeah, why would I lie? That was his response. He also answered a question about his number. He said he's yet to choose a number. Richardson, of course, wore number zero most of his career, including his last stint with uh, Miami Heat. Zero also is obviously Damian Lillard's number. David, we're going to play an old game that you and I used to play a lot. Big deal, no deal, or little deal? (laughs) Uh, no deal. 
No deal at all. I, I, I can't. I look the ten-year-olds, eleven-year-old basketball hopefuls, notwithstanding. Like I, I, I don't think he. I think he's sincere, right? I think he's sincere in his praise of Damian Lillard, and makes a lot of sense. I'm a little surprised at that answer. I, I guess I mean, he's guarded LeBron in his prime, so I don't know why he necessarily thinks Dame. Maybe Dame's a greater challenge. I don't know. He's great. He's, Having to chase guarded. him around. LeBron's a little stationary. He's like, hey, that guy moves around. But he didn't say Steph. He didn't Playing say the Western Steph. Conference for a couple of years. Like, Steph is just better Dame than Lillard. It's just. I'm a little surprised. So, I, I, you know, that's a, it's an interesting choice. But, I mean, ultimately, does it butter anybody up? I don't mean, I don't know. It's, it's nice to hear it. I, I think Josh is certainly savvy and smart enough to to kind of poke fun at the whole situation there. Yes. I think he's he's pretty self-aware. Yes. So maybe maybe he was kind of being a little playful, a little sarcastic using the media in that regard. I'm going big deal on this. <laughs> big deal. I'm going big so, deal because it's August 3rd and there's nothing else happening. Off-season like, content, baby. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh you you and I know Josh. We've talked with him. Uh he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. And by the way, Ira knew that Josh knew exactly what Josh was doing there. And that's why he asked him about it with the follow-up. Uh, no, I'm just being honest and being truthful. What do you want me to do? Lie? No. But you know that you're poking the bear. You know that you're making a headline and you're just having a little bit of fun. And that's just Josh Richardson's personality. He is a little playful in the media like that. He will he will do that. And like he's totally aware of what's going on. To me, the bigger deal is that he still has not chosen a jersey number. Even if it was literally any other situation, any other situation, any situation, Josh Richardson would already have been announced to be wearing the number zero. In any other situation, any other team, Miami, not in the mix for Damian Lillard, no Damian Lillard, this would have been done. His number would have been zero and they would have been settled. The fact that it is not zero right now is telling. It's not telling of anything that we don't know already. We already know that the Miami Heat want Damian Lillard, and then if Damian Lillard were to go to Miami, he would probably prefer to keep his number zero. We we know this, uh, but he's not giving. He's and there's no rush, by the way. He has until training camp to choose a number. Thought it was interesting. I was at the Marlins game um, yeah. Wednesday night with my wife, and Josh Richardson threw out the first pitch, and he wore the number two on the Marlins jersey because you know. Teams will mock up their jerseys. So at least we know what maybe Josh Richardson's backup number would be if the number zero is not available. And I think that Josh Richardson really hopes that his number isn't available and that he has to switch to number two because that's kind of the the vibe I'm getting from him. Rook two makes sense, right? That's I could see that being a correlation there. What number did Justice have in Miami? I'm drawing a blank. I'm so bad at remembering numbers. I think it was 10. I'm so, so bad. Too. I'm so bad. I have Wait, no, it couldn't have been 10, number. right? Because Tim Hardaway's number 20. was 20. So it was 20. Right. I just looked it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes close. sense. Yeah. It's a big um, Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Like, I, I don't think he would have worn two with the Marlins unless he assumed I'm going to start making that transition. Like, you know, we saw this years back, like when, when uh, LeBron officially petitioned to the league to wear number six. <laughs> And everybody's like, oh, we can't. He must be coming to Miami because number 23 is half retired because of Michael Jordan, et cetera. And I, I think I think it does matter. Like the jersey numbers is super – look, I'm not going to say it matters to every player in the league, but there is some superstition attached to it, some comfort, et cetera. And it I, is and I funny. Think, they think like some players that. could not care less about what their jersey number is. Like they, li- yeah. I've talked to some players, and they'd be like, dude, I, I just – I show up and they give me one, and I, and I keep playing. 
And there's some yeah, players that are like, like, I need this. And they this. will pay, they will pay thousands of dollars to teammates to Tens get the number. Of thousand dollars, and yeah. like a lot of money, like an insane amount of number, not money for a number. Um, it is sort of funny in the NBA player community. Like it is very like the spectrum is I don't I don't give a bleep, and this is the most important thing that I could think of right now in this moment. Like <laughs> yeah, her priority. I know somebody else in this roster, whether it's the 15th man or whoever, is wearing that number, and I need to get it back, whatever it takes. Uh, <laughs> Damian Lillard in a number zero jersey. In oh, a heat jersey. He, will Josh awesome. extort Will Josh extort Lillard for the number zero? No, right? I mean, I no, can't imagine. No, I think that that's sort of the, the respect there. If anything, Dame offers. But also, Josh was not incumbent. He wasn't wearing number zero last year. So he doesn't really have the number anymore but he could you know take I mean? it now like right he could take it but you're saying that he's holding off as a matter of respect assuming that the Lillard trade is going to get taken care of correct and i will say correct. that there is he could cho- he could have chosen it to your point and then picked a different one when the right. trade happens like but he is just not he is not doing anything and he knows what he's doing by doing that he's he's, he's going to go camp with a blank nothing. jersey Media day wearing a blank jersey, unless the little trade is. It will be very interesting to see what happens if this Dame deal isn't done by training camp and he has to pick a number if he goes with zero or if he goes with another number. Because maybe you're right. Maybe he's like, you know, I'm going to go with zero and maybe I can make a couple hundo from this. You know, doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. I mean, Uh, a little bit more than a couple hundred, I would imagine, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, Dame's got a $60 million contract coming to him. So you could afford a little bit more than that. Thanks for making uh, Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. As a reminder, next week is Dwayne Wade Week here on Locked on Heat. We are going to be back with a ton of interviews, former teammates, people who covered him from his rookie season and on. Big names that you're not going to want to miss. We're really, really excited to bring this to you. Plus, all the top five, three, ten rankings that you can imagine. Uh, we got a ton of really fun content ahead of his Hall of Fame induction. And, of course, David will be there in Springfield at the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame to cover it all live in person. Uh, can't wait for all of that. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Locked on Heat. Subscribe, like everything, do your thing, and uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.